1: Hey girl, hey, it's another edition of the Selby is Godcast. Zach Meisel, TJ Zoopy here with you. TJ, what is going on?
0: You know, I'm alright. Things are hanging in there. I'm ready to stop top talking about hypotheticals and actually talk about real things that are actually taking place. Because this entire time for us, when we're thinking about articles and podcast ideas has just been one giant what if and i can't take it anymore
1: (laughs) well there's a reason why that was the indians uh their team slogan way back when right
0: is that banner still hanging by the elevator because i i feel like i need that now it's just i wake up every day feeling that just plastered in front of my face what if what if this happens today? What if that happens today? Because none of us know anything about anything right now. So, yeah, it's you walk you walk through the ballpark and like,
1: there's that one painting on the wall of like, what's the quote? There's two seasons: winter and baseball.
0: Yeah, the Bill Bill's um, quote.
1: There's something else. Like Sandy Alomar has a quote about what it means to be between the lines,
0: and and then you have, what if? <laughs> Yeah. Are those the last of the banners that are left? Did the rest get burned, thrown out back in the trash? What happened to all of those banners that used to hang around the the entire ballpark? Where where have those gone? Because now I only know of the ones that are by the elevator as you're going downstairs. And we're talking about all the way downstairs in the ballpark is if you're going to go talk to players in a clubhouse. Those are the only ones I know of that are hanging by the elevator. Are those stuck yeah, I, in, in Bob DiBiaseo's <laughs> office somewhere? I mean, we, we've we been in there. I didn't see him. I didn't see him hiding out. So I just need to know what happens to all that old stuff that they hang around the ballpark.
1: Well, keep in mind, they keep all the valuable stuff, all the memorabilia and the keepsakes in a storage closet that the lights don't even work. So I can only imagine what they do with the stuff that nobody actually cares about.
0: Yeah, it's not like anyone would ever want to see that stuff or have it displayed, or be able to venture around the ballpark and and spot things from their childhood and things that would bring back these awesome memories. Nah, I think the closet in the basement by the janitor's room that that, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's funny you you walk
1: in. I think you need a key card to get into the room, and it's like it's the barber's room first. It's where the guy cuts everyone's hair. And then you walk through there and you get like the photo workroom. And then at the back of the photo workroom is the closet with like Bob Feller's bat that Babe Ruth used and like all these game worn jerseys and lineup cards and baseballs and bats. It's like it's I mean I give them kudos because it's like no one would ever find that. You would see a barber's (laughs) chair and like loose hair clippings and you'd be like, well, I'm not
0: walking through here. Well, now they would, now that you've exposed the (laughs) secret. Um, but anyway,
1: the, it's a moot point because no one's going to be able to be in that ballpark this year anyway, at least no media, no, um, no fans, we think. So that leads me to this, TJ. We've seen the 67 or part parts of the 67 page proposal, from the League to the Union, about all the safety precautions. And I wanted to ask you, are you excited to watch games on TV that have players sitting in the stands if they're not active that day? Um, Coaches in the dugout standing six feet apart. Uh, You've got no high-fiving, no spitting, no licking your fingers after throwing a pitch, changing the baseball after seemingly every play.
0: Um, (laughs) I Just hosing it down with Lysol, but it's tough to find right now, so I don't know how that would work. And Would that be a foreign substance if you put a little bleach on the ball just to make sure everyone stays safe? These are things you have to think about. How's that going to impact somebody's spin rate? I need to know.
1: I understand all the precautions and the necessary steps they need to take, especially – when you put it in writing and you're saying, this is what these will be our expectations because you at least need something to fall back upon. My question is this, and I would prefer there be baseball because Lord knows we all need something to write about and something to talk about. And I I want what's best for the sport. And what's best for the sport is you, you would think it's to get in front of, as many eyeballs as possible, as we've talked about. And you have this captive audience that, now that The Last Dance is over, is waiting for anything else, because what the hell are people going to be watching on Sunday nights now? Um, So my only question is, if you tune in for a game, and it's going to seem so unprecedented, and there will be this mystique for a little bit, I just wonder in an empty ballpark with all these bizarre rules and you're not getting the best product because these guys haven't really been training like they normally would. It's not like they're going to be able to train in the ballpark. Like, like you can't use indoor hitting cages. You can't use the hot tub or the cold tub. You can't shower. You can't eat meals with your team. I mean, it's just there are going to be a lot. of. It's basically going to be like you're going to work. Pack your lunch. You're going to work play your game you go home and you do everything else you need to do there is this gonna look like real baseball and is the novelty going to wear off rather quickly and make it so that i don't know by the time football starts in september no one will really be paying attention to baseball anyway like is it i just wonder if this is all worth the squeeze
0: well initially it will be because it'll be the first well not the first thing because there are other sports and other countries now playing uh but it it the newness of it the the extreme measures that will need to be taken it'll be all interesting enough that even the most casual of maybe, maybe even non-casual of baseball fan is going to turn in tune in to see what this looks like the fact that it's not a full-length season will help in that regard because it will get old people will want to go back to some sort of normal especially if this is drastically impacting what the game looks like, uh, on a daily basis. Um, if it gets to that level, then if it's diluting it and and so much that the game doesn't even resemble what the game is supposed to look like, then that is going to be detrimental and why it's going to be important that this isn't going to be a full length season. I'm also wondering, how do you, how do you get those things you see in the movies where people go into the, the the sterilized room and they go into the room before then and it sucked all the air out of the room and then like it, it's like creates a perfect seal vacuum and everything and, like the people are hosed down by some sort of thing that comes is, is that sci-fi is that real can you get that in real life baseball so guys can work out you know just go into the the room before the room and it has go suck all the air out and people get sprayed and then they're you know they they go in there they're clean because they just had everything sterilized. Is is that a thing? Does that happen? Am I just dreaming things up that happen just in movies or is that real life technology that we can we can implement? Cuz I I think I think that needs to be explored first and foremost.
1: Well, that never happened in Happy Gilmore or The Lion King. So, I have no idea what you're referencing.
0: <laughs> Come on, they have like even in hospitals, they have rooms where you go inside the room and then it sucks all the oxygen out, you know.
1: Well, and that's the other thing, too, is in baseball, we spend so much that, time. That could be
0: the on-deck circle now, just yeah, <laughs> suck all the idea. air
1: out. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> I mean, it, baseball is so much about specialization and making sure you can devote 100% of your mental energy toward your one task, right? Like, if anything is going on in someone's lives – we make it seem as though they can't possibly perform to the best of their ability on the field. And I just wonder when you have these players make, having to mentally think, okay, I need to make sure I'm not like going up to the runner at second base and like patting him on the ass and saying, Hey, how's your family? Oh, mine's good too. Like you can't, you, you have to think about everything you do and and it's all that stuff that's involuntary is now going to have to be voluntary and you have to make sure you don't high five your teammate after they hit a home run. And you have to think about, okay, I have to take my temperature and report my health at this time and this time. And when I get to the ballpark and after, and it's like, you're going to be expending so much energy thinking about all that external stuff that I just, I don't know. I, it's, it's not going to seem real to me. That's why I've said in, in, our last podcast, like I don't want this to be considered a real season in a world series. To me, it should just be more like a, some sort of fun tournament and declare a champion, but uh, whatever that's, that's secondary. I just, it'll
0: always, it'll always carry that sort of asterisk. It's, I I don't think there's going to be any way that people won't think of it in that regard.
1: Yeah. I just, this is going to be, it's going to be so weird. And I know it has to be, I just, I just wonder if, like, if you're a player and you're seeing this, aside from your paycheck, what is the benefit here? I know the paycheck is a huge benefit, but it's like, I would not be. Well, if you're, if thinking if you're young, this opportunity,
0: if you're a young player, you're thinking this isn't a year of wasted development for me. I don't come feeling like I've, I've completely lost part of what could be my, cr- my prime or preparing for my prime. If you're an older player hanging on, the guy I keep thinking of is. Um, because he has ties to Cleveland, Jason Kipnis, you're thinking maybe maybe Kip is thinking, I have one year left where I could still be a serviceable ball player. And if this year is completely gone, then do I even have a future in this game anymore? Mm, I don't know. It was already debatable somewhat. And so I think about guys like that that are aging and maybe only had one good year left in the tank. And I don't know if, if players think about it like that if I don't know if they put a a label like that on their careers but I think it's something you have to think about so while yeah you're gonna have some guys or maybe a lot of guys that are concerned about uh, their paycheck and getting compensated as they should I don't begrudge anybody for thinking that way I don't think there are good guys and bad guys in this scenario I think you got to get what you think you're worth but I also think on on both sides here There could be young players that are willing to play. There are older players that are willing to take those risks and understand those risks and and carry carry forward with those risks and have it be about more than just um, the bottom-line dollar that they're earning.
1: Yeah, it's going to be weird. I I don't... It's weird enough to be playing in an empty stadium, and then I wonder, like, is the camera going to zoom over to... The Indians' taxi squad sitting in the front row eating cotton candy. <laughs> like, from like, where?
0: They...
1: Where did that cotton candy uh, come
0: from? True. Do, like,
1: are they going to cheer when their team scores? Are they going to, like, you can't high five. I'm assuming you're going to have to be sitting several seats apart. <laughs> like, this is just so odd. Do I think we'll, they let alone pump crowd the noise
0: in? Like, they have done. We've seen them do this so. in these simulated games where. They're trying to – we've talked about this before with with pitchers unable to touch their normal velocities in side sessions and bullpen sessions because they don't have the additional ad- adrenaline of facing another team and having crowd noise and people booing or cheering or, or all the things that make a typical game setting. Are we going to see velocities down around baseball because it's an empty ballpark yes. and it's going to be and very hard I mean. to simulate the the sort of heartbeat and – and energy that you, that you generate in a game setting with real-life fans and, and people rooting against you and for you and, and all the things that go along with it? Are we going to see players have to be their own bat boys because now they can't? no one's going to come get their bat? They can't touch that. Who knows what you've done with that bat in the five seconds that you've held it in your hands. So now you're going to have to go get your own bat. It's going to be like Little League all over again. You're going to have bat is, flips all the I way mean. to the this dugout. Is...
1: It, it's going to be a crappier product. I don't think there's any doubt about that.
0: But there's no alternative. The alternative I'm is it just you. doesn't
1: happen. You. For sure. It's I, I just think it's going to be weird. And I just wonder if... And that's why I kind of lean toward a fun sort of tournament would be better because, you know, game 57 against the Royals, like, who cares? <laughs> I don't... It's just... It seems weird. I, there's all sorts of roster questions I have too. I mean, we don't know how, what rules will be involved with this 50-man roster. Do 40-man roster rules apply? Can, do you need to designate some guys next year if you have 50 guys on the 40-man roster? Can your taxi squad be active? Can Can you rotate who's active every night so you always have fresh bullpen arms? I mean, there are so many questions with that, and those will come in time. Um, but I just, it seems weird. Like, what do you do with your prospects? Do you put Nolan Jones on the roster and waste a year of service time just so he can at least do something and practice with the team and be around big leaguers? Well, so much of
0: that's going to depend on what the minor leaguers are actually allowed to do. Are they going to be filtered into complexes around the country and allowed to play inter-squad games throughout the whole summer? Um, It's not, It's not like playing other competition, but it beats just sitting at home on your couch, binging Netflix. So I guess that is something that could be a positive. But if they're not allowed to do that, then I think you have to seriously consider bringing anyone along that's even remotely close and saying, screw the service time thing. Because, yeah, it would it would stink for a team like the Indians, it has to be mindful of those sorts of things. And maybe you can make the argument that every team, doesn't matter what the size of their payroll, is mindful of those things. Um, is a wasted year better or worse than spending that year in the big leagues? Well, it wouldn't cost you service time. But I think yeah, I think it's something... something's having you... him sit at home? Well, I mean, it's, maybe... it, But is his career not as... Is he not going to be as good in his career because at a very vital time he was sitting around not able to play an actual game like an an atmosphere that would breed development?
1: I mean, it goes for Tristan McKenzie, who hasn't pitched in the game since August of 2018. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah, some couch binging might actually be good for him if we can finally get some weight on that frame. Or, I mean, Bradley Zimmer,
1: who... It's been since he hasn't played more than, like, 40 games in a season since 2017. Um, you, these are guys, there are a bunch of guys on the Indians who, like, just needed reps. They needed a season just to, just to rack up innings or at-bats. And they're not going to get it regardless now. And you yeah. have to think about what's the best... I mean, I don't know off the top of my head what Bradley Zimmer has in terms of options remaining or where he's at, but like, you know, to burn a year of service time on him and then to put yourself in a position where he's got to be on the major league roster in 2021, like that's, it's, it's really tough. And then I think of a guy like Anthony Ghost, who I think they were going to send down to the minors and let him just build up reps until it looked like he was ready and they could rely on him in the majors. And now you, you don't have that. And so do you just give him a year off and have him come back next yeah. year? Well, that doesn't benefit you because he didn't gain reps. Do you put him on the big league roster? Just also, he's an him? advanced
0: age. You know, <laughs> this guy only has so many years to play well, this
1: game. And he's out of minor league options. So when you pull the trigger and you put him on the major league roster, he's there for good. Or you have to pass him through waivers. So it's there are a bunch of guys who... There will be a lot of conversation. There already has been conversation with the Indians' executives on what to do. Um, but this is—it's—and I'm not just saying throw in the towel, don't play baseball this year. This is all stupid. It's just there's a lot of to throw all this out there in mid-May and hope for a June 10th start to spring training. Like there are so many things that teams have to consider and players have to consider in such a short period of time, and I'm just really curious if they've thought every single thing through and what this is going to look like.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's true. The other side of this is there are equal amount of undesirable questions and answers if you don't play. I think too. For sure. I I don't. I don't think there's a way you you say well if we just if you just go this route then at least there are less bad or there are no bad things to consider no i think no matter what you do there are going to be there's going to be upside and downside and you're you're trying to weigh all of this um i don't envy having to make some of those decisions and 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 even for the players like i said there are so many there are guys that come at this from different points of view so to try to get everybody on the same page like imagine you're part of the players union and you've got to get all of those players on the same page, but they don't all think the same way. They're not all weighing the same things as being you know, the, the most important thing. Maybe for some it is the percentage of, of payment that they're getting and feeling like the risk is worth it for them. But like I said, there are guys that maybe value the year of development if they're younger players. They don't care so much about the paycheck because maybe they've earned their money, but they want to just stick around in the game And this might be their last chance to do that. And a a complete year off will completely wipe them off the board. They'll never be able to play the game again. So to get all of those guys who come in with different viewpoints and different things that they consider to be important, to get them all on the same page, and then you've got to go then make concessions and agreements with the owners, the other side too. So to to try to get all of that worked out in such, like you said, short period of time is absolutely crazy. But there's no... There's no other side of this that's like, oh, well, that makes it easy. you got to go this direction. No, there's going to be parts of this that are going to suck no matter what you do. As far as Bradley Zimmer, I don't think he really cared, but there might be a small portion of the fan base that does. He comes in this year. He's got a couple of options left, so it's not really that big of a deal as far as that goes. But he's got two years and 36 days of service time already built up. So if if he were to play on the roster and depending what they do with service time, he could make it to arbitration based on what happens this year. So you're talking about getting to arbitration or maybe being able to squeak a, another year before you have to get into that realm. Yeah, it's a mess. And every team's going to have
1: tricky situations that they're going to have to sort out. Um, it's, I mean, I talked to some people in the Indians front office last week and they said their typical daily regimen is wake up, see their kids while eating breakfast, tell them they're going to work, go barricade themselves in their office and sit there on Zoom calls and conference calls until basically the sun sets. And it's just it's literally nonstop. I mean, they schedule a call for every half hour of the day. I think Mike Chernoff the other day when we wrapped up, he had seven minutes before his next call and he was it was the first time all week he was able to like find time to eat lunch without having to do so on a zoom call like on the screen so <laughs> um it's it's crazy i mean that this this is all stuff they're having to figure out and it's i mean the real thing is we don't even know if this is gonna happen for sure i think we no. both lean toward or hope that it will but um who knows? It's just it's such a mess. It's, it's crazy. It's it's funny to me that it seems like baseball can be so archaic sometimes in like the fact that it's 2020 and there's still different rules for each league or there were going into the season <laughs> or there might not be anymore. And we've been debating this for decades. And then when you have a pandemic hit, it's like throw everything out the window and we can create all these new rules and 67 pages <laughs> worth of, of safety precautions. In a span of like a couple weeks, and it's like, well, then why are some of the other parts of the game so archaic, and why does it take so long to um, develop things? But here we are, and and now things look a little different, or a lot different.
0: Yeah, is is this the 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 thing that pushes the the universal DH into being an actual reality beyond this year? I hope so. I. I understand the those that have grown I mean I understand that I'm biased because I grew up as a fan of a team in the American League it's all I've really known I've watched National League ball I've played video games and managed fake baseball teams that play National League ball <laughs> it's the I, worst I just hate pitchers hitting I hate every situation that seems like it could be a rally The the only time anyone's ever relieved to see the pitcher coming up, it's the other team. And it just, I, I've never liked it. I understand those that say, well, there's additional strategy involved. And "Eh, okay, but you're still getting like two, at least two plate appearances a game where someone's up there and you're just hoping that they can put the ball in play or have it be some sort of productive out. And occasionally you stumble into something that makes it kind of fun. It's like the old, Four pitch intentional walk actually throwing the pitches debate. Where was, oh well, one out of every five billion times Miguel Cabrera slapped <laughs> the pitch to center field for a single, and it made it awesome. And I made those arguments, but seeing seeing it play out now, I realize I don't miss the four pitch intentional walk needing to actually throw the pitches. I wouldn't miss seeing hitters or pitchers hit, and while it might be cool to occasionally see a guy go deep, and you know, I have memories of of. Dwight Gooden, CC Sabathia, Dave Burba, Jason Davis hitting home runs yeah. as pitchers for the Indians. And it seems, oh, that's so cool. But yeah, I just don't but think that's the... what four in 25 years. I mean, there was that time that Trevor Bauer imitated guys hitting styles, and you got some stories out of that. And it was funny for a couple of minutes. And the it's reason just... that's able to happen is because he knew he stood no chance at getting a base hit.
1: <laughs> it's pathetic.
0: I I I don't. I will not tell anybody that likes the other style that they're wrong. That's your preference. That's what you you grew up. I can just tell you what I like, what I like and don't like. I don't like seeing pitchers go up there and flail away and go back to the dugout in three and a half pitches. I, I don't, I don't like something. I don't like seeing that. It's just not intriguing to me as a baseball fan. It's not cool. I. I just don't like watching that style of ball.
1: Can you imagine if in the NFL, on every third down, the
0: kicker had to play quarterback? I think that happened like, to the well, Browns in the, in the year 2000 uh, when they had Dennis Northcutt and Kevin, Kevin Johnson, Johnson like, yeah. quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Well, you could say, hey, there's strategy involved. <laughs> like, we need to <laughs> uh, put in some extra blockers and um, maybe just always hand it off. But it, it's... I've never understood it. It, It's like, does anybody... Did anybody enjoy watching when teams employed the hack-a-shack strategy? Like, sure, this dude shoots 40% from the free-throw line, so let's just put him on the free-throw line all the time. And it's like, it's good strategy. That doesn't mean it's watchable or enjoyable. Like, I, I, I don't get it. And it's... It's so long overdue to do this. And I understand... From one perspective, it's like you need to announce it in advance so that National League teams could go acquire an extra hitter. Um, but I just, it's, I hate it. Um, I, I don't understand it. Yes, there's strategy, but it's unnecessary strategy. And it the American League teams end up getting screwed in the World Series. I just, I don't get it. Look, like I would have been fine way back in the day not having a DH because specialization can go too far sometimes. But now that it's here, everybody should have it. And the fact that you've had different rules for two different leagues and the leagues are not separated based on like like there's no formula here. It ma- it has never made sense to me. It I hate never it. Ma- I don't get it.
0: I I hate it. I as much as I try to talk myself into all of the double switch fun and pinch hitting and all these weird, quirky things that you can do as a National League team, I just think those those instances of it actually being a cool payoff are so few and far between. And as far as the advantage between American and National League teams, because American League teams have operated with this and have not had a chance to have an additional hitter, do we see a ton of for a while teams actually had a dh you, you thought you know who was the royals dh who was the orioles dh and they had a dh you're seeing a lot of teams just kind of float guys through there now um, unless you have a, just a really dominant masher you're probably or you're paying somebody a lot of money <laughs> you're probably not having a designated dh you see a lot of teams that don't necessarily have that so it's not like I don't think if you implemented it now, like, National League teams would be at such a disadvantage because they couldn't go out and get their David Ortiz. Well, how many of those sure, sorts sure. of guys exist now? I don't think it would be that big of an issue to just find somebody on your, in, in your organization, depending on how they handle this, who can go operate and get on base and, and hit a little bit for you. I, I, don't, think that, I don't think that that's an argument for not doing it.
1: No, but it gives you the potential to... Go add a position player because you have one more daily spot in the yeah. lineup. Let, let me give you some numbers. Here are what pitchers batted in 2019. Any guesses? Do you want to guess the batting average?
0: Uh, f- what their batting average was 170. 128. Ugh. 160 on base percentage,
1: a 162 slugging percentage. That's a 322 OPS. Even Michael Martinez was better than that. It's a negative 18 WRC plus, and pitchers (laughs) struck out 43.5% of the time. What is the point of that? You think throwing four balls for an intentional walk is a waste of time? 44% 44% of all plate appearances with the pitcher at the plate ended yeah, in a strikeout. That is a waste of time.
0: It's pretty much an automatic out almost almost every time the guy comes to the plate. Um, it's not appetizing to me. I just, no matter how many times someone wants to talk, try to talk me into it, I get it. You, if you grew up with it, I get why you'd love it. I'd get why you defend it. Um, I don't think you're stupid for feeling that way.
1: That's fine. I it's, grew up it's listening just to not Art Kelly and Michael Jackson. Like, it's not for me. Sometimes you have to change things.
0: It's not for me. Good Lord. Uh, I have no segue to get away from that. I have nothing.
1: <laughs> you have a random Indian of the day.
0: maybe? <laughs> God, yeah, I do. I have one of those. Oof. Um, so every week I worry that we've done this one before. I don't know that we have, but if we have, then sit back and enjoy it a second time. This man pitched for the Cleveland Indians in 2009. Duh. He, he appeared in eight games. He had a 375 ERA. Because Tomo allowed, Oka. No, no, no. Stop. Five earned runs in 12 innings. Uh, did walk 10 guys and only struck out four. That's not the kind of ratio you're seeking For that 6.01 FIP. But that 2009 season was part of. uh, Eight years that he spent in the major leagues. So he actually made 259 career appearances. But again in 2009 with the Indians. Just eight of them. uh, Did finish three of the games that he appeared in. Any early guesses?
1: Where in his career. Did the tenure in Cleveland fall?
0: He was 30 years old, and he spent part of one more season in the Major Leagues, a brief appearance in the Major Leagues, but that didn't happen again until 2012.
1: Hmm. Oh, geez, that season is such a forgettable one. Um,
0: He is 41 now. Yeah, I mean, I could have done that math. Well, I was trying to save you the brain power so you can actually spend it on important things. He was drafted by the Blue Jays in the 12th round of the 2000 draft. And let's see, he is from Florida, went to Miami Palmetto High School in Pinecrest, Florida. Oh,
1: you know who else is from Pinecrest? Fan of the show, Hayden Grove.
0: Made his last appearance. At the age of 33, May 18th, 2012. Made his Major League debut September 8th, 2003 as a member of the Blue Jays. Jeremy Pardo? Part... No. No, he was like eleven. Good guess. But no. Spent parts of four years with the Blue Jays, three years with the Giants, that part of a year with Cleveland, and part of a year with Milwaukee. 451 career ERA.
1: Toronto and the Giants.
0: Yes. Uh, Exclusively a reliever. Right-handed.
1: It's not Jairo Asensio. Nope. 2009. That's... I... I would say that that's the season I know the least about
0: in the last 26 years. He wore number 39 with the Cleveland Indians. Well, hang on. 39. How did the Indians acquire him? Oh, let me scroll down the page. Where are your transactions? Um, there you are. So he was signed as a free agent February 3rd, 2009. He was part of uh, one trade in his career. He was traded by the Blue Jays with Shea Hillenbrand to the Giants for, get this, Jeremy Accardo. Whoa. Um, hm. Don't go in any closets looking for the answer.
1: <laughs> I just got word that our <laughs> we couldn't find our dog and It's because he is laying in the guest bathroom bathtub.
0: Of course he is. Where else would he be? Um, I thought maybe you were looking for his jersey in the depths of progressive feel in that closet. (laughs) I'm stumped. I think you got me here. Uh, Let me see if there's any last...
1: Did he just leave as a free agent? Yeah,
0: yeah, just uh, granted free agency at the end of the year. He shares a first name with another former Cleveland Indians reliever who eventually led to a pretty good player. I mean, that that's a really bad clue. I don't know how else Brian Slocum. No, no. The man that he shares a name with was traded for a player that currently plays. On Vinnie the Indians. Chulk? It is Vinny Chulk. Wow.
1: I, ne- I mean, I never, ever would have gotten that.
0: I don't remember okay. anything about him <laughs> Nor do I But yeah, uh, Vinny Chalk The Not third surprising. best Vinny that they had Between 2009 and 2012 so Vinny Rotino was with a Y, wasn't it? I think Vinny Rotino was with a Y and This is uh, I.E. Slightly different, but uh, yeah There's your random ending of the day Vinny Chulk. He's now 41 uh, years old. Could not surprise me anymore by the fact that he spent parts of eight years in the major leagues. But uh, congrats to Vinny Chulk. If rosters expand any further, he might need uh, to call up a team. (laughs) He can help somebody. I Uh, mean, that
1: 2009 uh, roster is just, like, full of good ones. That
0: Yeah, there was a few. There was a few that I almost picked. Um But we'll save those for another day. Any parting words?
1: No, I just can't stop staring at the 2009 roster. (laughs) I thought Anthony Reyes was going to be the next big thing. What
0: happened? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Not sure. Didn't he? He was the one that wore his brim like flat. but didn't he never curve his brim? Am I thinking correctly? Yeah. Sorry, Looking at I mean, it right now, oh, it's kind okay. of creepy. Okay, well, you can subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find us over at Anchor if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or support the podcast. Uh, and coming up next week, we'll be sure to uh, recap the 2009 Indians. Until then, have a good week, everybody. And stay out of the what-ifs. Let's live in Realityville. We're out of here. Peace.
1: Selby Godcast featuring Zach Meisel and TJ Zuppi is presented by our supporters at Anchor. To help support the podcast, visit anchor.fm slash Godcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, we sure hope you do, be sure to leave us a five-star review. And if you have suggestions, drop us a DM on Twitter at Selby Godcast. Thanks for listening.